Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bethlehem Church of Christ podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that today's message encourages and inspires you and helps you on your journey to discover and follow the will of God. The outline of this message, speaker, message title, and series can be found in the show notes or the details page. Be sure to check us out on Facebook or on our church website at Bethlehem505.com. And now, here is the message. And aren't you glad that God is still willing to use us despite our flaws and our shortcomings and the fact that we're not perfect moms or dads or grandpas or grandmas, but um, he still chooses to use us in our imperfections uh, because he loves us and because he is good. He is very good even when we are, are not. I encourage you to get your sermon notes page out and also turn in your uh, Bible to Proverbs 31. No, we're not preaching through that passage, but I do want to start with a reference to it and just make a brief reference later on as well. Those thoughts. We're going to talk about motherhood matters. Motherhood matters. Despite what some in our culture are saying today, First of all, um, let me say thank you for your love and your support and your patience over the last seven weeks. And I want to thank you in advance for your love, support, and patience. Today, since I have not preached in two months, so who knows what could happen. (laughs) And um, quite honestly, one of the things that surprised me the most, I expected some of the the physical uh, challenges that went with the... uh, surgery and heart attack and everything, but I had not expected the, um, the effect it would have on me mentally and in my thought process and everything else, so uh, I, it, it has taken me a good while to regain some mental sharpness, um, so I say that to uh, preface, if I say anything dumb or stupid today, we'll blame it on that, and probably for the next five years when I say or do something, I'll say, I had that surgery, you know, you know, But I sincerely hope that I will not do or say something um, careless or embarrassing like the young minister many years ago who was in one of his first uh, times uh, up front at his new church and uh, he had blown something early into service and then he got up for the scripture reading that morning. It was a Mother's Day just like today. And uh, the scripture he was supposed to read was 2 Timothy 1 about Lois and Eunice, uh, verses that are on the front of our bulletin today. Uh, I'll just let him tell you what happened that morning. He says, lovely passage for Mother's Day, you know, 2 Timothy 1. But in my haste, instead of turning to 2 Timothy, the first chapter, and you can see this coming, I turned to 1 Timothy. To say that 1 Timothy, the first chapter, is inappropriate for Mother's Day is putting it mildly. I mean, picture all those women, he says, sitting there with those smug Mother's Day looks on their faces, listening to me read the wrong passage of Scripture. Here's what I read. And in the last days, there shall be whoremongers, adulteresses, fornicators. (laughs) He said, you could just feel the the, uh, negative vibrations rippling through the crowd. And the last verse I read ended, and murderers of mothers. 
a happy Mother's Day at that church. <laughs> and a happy Mother's Day to you. <laughs> I mean, what a horrible mess up. Must be the surgery did that, I don't know. <laughs> what a horrible mess up. But maybe there is a positive lesson to be drawn even from that uncomfortable slip-up all those years ago. And it's a lesson about realism. In other words, the realistic fact that in our sin-cursed, fallen, increasingly depraved world, not every woman or mother fits the glowing image portrayed on some gushy Mother's Day cards. That's the realism. And as a result, some people in this or any other church service today may not have had a godly mother or even a good mother. So Mother's Day to some people is uncomfortable. And there are many women who have not been able to bear a child and become a mother. And Mother's Day is uncomfortable. There are other mothers who have lost a child and Mother's Day becomes very uncomfortable. And some have lost a mother in recent months or years, and Mother's Day can be very uncomfortable. So we need to be very sensitive and respectful and understanding toward those for whom Mother's Day may be difficult. But, but, we dare not become so hypersensitive that we refuse to honor mothers or motherhood as some have suggested in recent weeks very publicly. You see, there has never been an ideal, perfect mother or woman in the history of the planet. <laughs> not even perfect Jesus had a perfect mother. But that should not stop us from holding very high the biblical standards for mothers that are given in the scriptures, nor from honoring godly mothers. There's an example of honoring godly mothers at the end of Proverbs chapter 31, a great account describing this godly woman. And the chapter ends, starting in verse 28, saying, her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her the reward she has earned and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. That passage <clears throat> is an example of the first point on your outline, that motherhood is honored by God. Motherhood is honored by God. In other words, it is ordained by God. It is blessed by God. It is praised by God. Whether a woman does or does not work outside the home, motherhood itself is honored by God. Why don't you go back with me to the first chapter of the Bible, and I want to look real quickly at three uh, verses in the book of Genesis. 
One of which, chapter 1, verse 27, I have increasingly come to decide in the past probably three to five years uh, is one of the five or six most important verses in the entire Bible. Genesis 1.27 says very clearly, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. That is the foundation of so much of Christianity, the Bible, history, everything else. God said it, God meant it. God ordained it. Chapter 3, verse 20 says, Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all the living. Genesis 5 begins, this is the written account of Adam's line. When God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them. Male and female. God honored, God blessed male and female. You know, if God had not created Eve for Adam, we would not be here today. If God had created two men only, we would not be here. If God had created just two women, we would not be here. God knows exactly what he's doing. It was part of God's eternal plan. And through the rest of the Bible, we see God honoring the concept of motherhood. Ephesians 6 verses 2 and 3 honors the idea of, um, um, of parenting and parenthood. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. And here's the promise. So that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. That's not just saying if we honor our parents that we're going to live to be 180 or something like that. It's a promise that society would be blessed and society would last longer if mothers and fathers are, are honored by their children and are honored in society. The society will last longer. Turn to the book of Proverbs to chapter 1, and I want you to see a series of references and these are interesting. I think I've listed all of them on your uh, sermon notes page. We're not going to read all of them, uh, but I want you to be able to have access to them. Proverbs chapter 1 uh, is the first of many, and I want, you to, I want to say this is very important background. The book of Proverbs was written to a very male-dominated society. But even in that context, I want you to notice how it honors the mother and the father and all these verses we're going to read. Proverbs 1, verse 8, Listen, my son, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Chapter 6, verse 20. My son, keep your father's commands, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Chapter 10, verse 1. A wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son grief to his mother. Now we're going to skip over the next three on your outline there and go down to chapter 23, verse 25. May your father and mother be glad. May she who gave you birth rejoice. 
Folks, parenthood is an honorable thing. And it is a partnership. And God intended that partnership to be between a husband and a wife raising their children. Won't read it in this context. It's on your outline. Psalm 128, 3 and 4 talks about God's blessings on father and mother and mother and family. And then we find this reference to women and women of all ages in Titus chapter 2 where uh, Paul gives Titus some instructions about how to treat each of the women in the church. Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addicted to much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled and pure, to be busy at home, to be kind, and to be subject to their husbands so that no one will malign the word of God. God repeatedly honors women, mothers, and motherhood in Scripture. God often in Scripture honors specific good mothers like Hannah and Jochebed and Mary and Ruth and Eunice and Naomi and Lois. So people today can treat mothers and motherhood with contempt or derision, but it will never change the way God feels about motherhood. Isaiah chapter 66 presents an interesting image of God. God is speaking, and in Isaiah 66, 13, God compares himself to the positive aspect of a mother and her compassion and comfort. He says, as a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you, and you will be comforted over Jerusalem. A good mother cares, and God himself first showed us what selfless caring looks like. God is the one who set the standard for mothers and what that caring looks like. So for those of you today for whom this Mother's Day might be difficult, remember what God is saying here. I will comfort you. Motherhood is honored by God. But also, secondly, motherhood is an amazing privilege, contrary to what some of our culture is trying to say. I want you to turn over to Psalm 144 and hold that for just a moment as we look at one verse there. Motherhood's an amazing privilege, and some do not have this privilege. But what is that privilege? It is an opportunity, first of all, to shape a life. Mothers never forget this. Motherhood is an opportunity to shape a life. Theodore Roosevelt once said, and keep in mind he was a president, he said, the mother is the one supreme asset of national life. He said, she is more important by far than the successful statesman, businessman, artist, or scientist. End of quote. You see, a mother is usually the first person to instill certain characteristics and values in a child that allows them to grow up to be all those other things. The mother is in the picture pouring into that child long before they ever do anything else. A teacher can guide and mold lots of lives. A preacher can guide and mold lots of lives. But a mom has the first shot 
at influencing them. And that's how God ordained it. Psalm 144 is about God protecting and rescuing us. And starting at verse 12 is kind of the conclusion of that. And it talks about the blessings that result from God protecting and rescuing us. It says in verse 12, Then our sons in their youth will be like well-nurtured plants, and our daughters will be like pillars carved to adorn a palace. In other words, mothers and fathers partner with God in nurturing children to be strong, beautiful plants and pillars. I mean, what a privilege. What a privilege mothers and fathers have. Both of our daughters are now mothers. And last night I um, sent them a copy of, of this. It's been around for a few years. A mother's touch is forever. Uh, and I expressed to them, it just, it's been fun watching on video and FaceTime and things, them touching my grandchildren more than just physical touch. Listen to this. A mother's touch begins when she first tickles the soles of little feet and continues until she tempers souls with her love. A mother's touch is as constant as her love, finding its way through clouds of rain or showers of happiness. A mother's touch inspires her children to be even better than they are, whether with a pat on the back when things go right or a hug when things go wrong. A mother's touch is enabling, giving her children the courage and confidence to reach out and touch someone too. A mother's touch helps put the pieces back together, whether the pieces of a broken doll, a broken date, or a broken relationship. A mother's touch fills hearts with hope and homes with love. A mother's touch is forever, forever. Now, dads, you look down through that list, and we do those things too. We just don't do some of them as well, usually. Motherhood is an opportunity to shape a life. But secondly, motherhood is an opportunity to make a difference. You know, there are many ways to make a difference in our world, through our career, through our activism, or ministry, or business, or whatever. But folks, motherhood is as well. Eric Metaxas has written a number of amazing biographies. One of them is a book simply called Seven Women uh, the and the Secret of Their Greatness. And he features seven women, Joan of Arc and Corrie Tim Boom and Rosa Parks and others. And one of the women he chose to focus on in there was a woman named Susanna Wesley. She lived in England in 1669 to 1742. And if you're not familiar with the name, as you might be with some of the others I read, um, you might say, well, how was she great? What did she accomplish to make her great? And to have Eric Metaxas feature as one of those seven women. Now let me tell you a little bit about her. She began early in her life uh, with a simple prayer every day to God. She said, dear God, guide me, make my life count. Make my life count. Prayed it every day. She was born the 25th of 25 children. 
She loved God from her youth, had a burning desire to serve him all of her life to make a difference. And she used to have this dream. She says, I hope the fire I start will not only burn all of London, but all of the United Kingdom as well. I hope it will burn all over the world. That was her dream. Susanna spent all of her young life looking for an opportunity to fulfill that dream, was always asking God what he would have her to do to make a difference in her world. How could she start that fire? Should she become a missionary or a teacher? Or did God have another plan for her? Well, she married at a young age, began having children, had 19 in all. <laughs> I think six of them did not live to adulthood. Um, but she devoted most of her time and effort being a wife and a mother. And even in the midst of hardship after hardship after hardship, incredible poverty, two times their house burnt to the ground, numerous drama situations in their home, she continued to pour herself into her children and inspire them for good. She taught them all to read, and she taught them all to read primarily so she could teach them to read the Word of God. Well, Susanna Wesley never traveled throughout the world as she thought she might. She never directly started a spiritual fire in London or anywhere else. But her dream did become a reality, and her 13th and 17th born children, Charles and John Wesley, who spread the gospel throughout the world. Charles wrote, get this, 6,000 different hymns, some of which are Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Christ the Lord is risen today. Come thou long expected Jesus. John Wesley began a world-changing revival. He led in the abolition of slavery in England with William Wilberforce. He helped end child labor in England and, and fought for prison reform and staggering social reforms. So folks, the fact is, Susanna Wesley did start a fire in England a fire that spilled over into America. And you and I can do the same through our children and our grandchildren if we will pray and work toward that goal. We have an opportunity to make a difference. Motherhood is an opportunity to make a difference. But part of that also is that motherhood is an opportunity to point children to God. To point children to God. I want you to turn over to 2 Timothy, where we meet a young preacher named Timothy who was a valuable assistant to the Apostle Paul. He had two Bible books written to him. And in two little sections of 2 Timothy, we have a glimpse into Timothy's upbringing, which I think laid the, the foundation for all the things Timothy later accomplished. 2 Timothy 3, verse 14 and 15, the aging apostle Paul writes to this young preacher, Timothy, and he says this, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it. And how from, notice this phrase, how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, in Christ Jesus. Paul is telling Timothy, you have known the Bible since infancy. 
Now, why was that true? Well, there's one little verse from the front of your bulletin this morning. In chapter 1, 2 Timothy 1, verse 5, Paul says, I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. Timothy's spiritual life was shaped by his mother and his grandmother. I have a question for you. Are you actively, consciously, intentionally pointing your children to God? Or are you letting all the other things and priorities of life crowd that out? Let me ask that in a different way. Is the amount of time you spend each week developing your children's relationship with God far less than the amount of time you spend toward their education, sports, 4-H, scouts, or music? Which one's getting the most time? Moms and dads, are you praying daily for the soul and spiritual development of your children? Clip something several years ago, written from the perspective of a prodigal son who had a godly mother. And the title is Prince of Elbows on My Bed. This is the prodigal son writing this later. I was but a youth and thoughtless, as all youths are apt to be, though I had a Christian mother who had taught me carefully. There came a time when pleasure of the world came to allure, and I no more sought the guidance of her love so good and pure. Her tender admonitions fell but lightly on my ear, and for the gentle warnings I felt an inward sneer. But mother would not yield her boy to Satan's sinful sinful sway, and though I spurned her counsel, she knew a better way. She made my room an altar, a place of secret prayer, and there she took her burden and left it in his care. And morning, noon, and evening, by that humble bedside low, she sought the aim of him who understands a mother's woe. And I went my way unheeding, careless of the life I led, until one day I noticed prints of elbows on my bed. And then I saw that she had been there praying for her wayward boy, who for love of worldly pleasure would her peace of mind destroy. Long the conflict raged within me, sin against my mother's prayers. Sin must yield for mother never, while she daily met him there. And her constant love and patience were like coals upon my head, together with the imprints of her elbows on my bed. And so at last the fight was won, and I to Christ was led, and mother's prayers were answered by her elbows on my bed. Parents, if you still have children at home, I want to ask you, are there elbow prints on your children's beds? Are there elbow prints on your children's beds? Motherhood is an amazing privilege. But also thirdly, motherhood is a huge (laughs) 
responsibility. In other words, a daunting responsibility, an enormous responsibility, an immense responsibility. Not trying to scare anybody, but this is real. There are three areas where we see this responsibility. First of all, dealing with craziness. <laughs> mothers have to deal with plenty of craziness. Many mothers receive one day of honor and special treatment, maybe two, their birthday. <laughs> but 364 days of crazy, exhausting challenges. I love the perspective of a woman named Linda Weber who once, uh, as a stay-at-home mom, decided to explain to people what she did as a mother and who she was. And I'll skip a lot of these for sake of time, but just listen to some of the examples she gives. You mothers can relate. Us, the rest of us need to notice some of this. She goes, well, what am I? I am the following. Baby feeder, changer, bather, rocker, burper, hugger, and listener to crying and fussing and thousands of questions. Picker-upper of food and debris cast on the floor. Comforter, encourager, counselor, linguistic expert for two-year-old dialects. Teacher of everything from how to chew food to how to drive a car, assistant on school projects, censor of TV, movies, and books, reader of thousands of children's books, planner and hostess of children's birthday parties, executioner of ants, roaches, wasps, and other pests, <laughs> Recent, or, uh, resident encyclopedia source for all those hard questions, emergency medical technician, uh, an ambulance driver, appointment desk for the family's visits to the doctor, the dentist, the orthodontist, the barber, and the mechanic. And what are some of the things I do? Clip 10 fingernails and 10 toenails for each young child, return library books, uh, choose gifts, purchase gifts, wrap gifts for birthdays, Christmas, Father's Day, Mother's Day, catch that one, <laughs> wedding showers, baby showers, and anniversaries. Um, haul everything that needs repair, attends recitals, attend every sporting, uh, school sporting event imaginable, chauffeur everyone everywhere, comb little girl's hair, help in the classroom, chaperone field trips and, and special events, coordinate carpools, deliver forgotten lunches, forgotten homework and forgotten athletic gear, and there's others, but wow. Moms do a lot. And then for a lot of you who also work another job, that craziness just multiplies. You see, that type of resume is what caused one small boy to believe his mother could do absolutely anything. In his first grade class, they uh, were to give a report about what they wanted to be when they grew up. So he gets up in front of the class on his turn and says, I'm going to become a lion tamer. And all the kids go, ooh, ooh. He goes, I'm going to walk right into the lion cage with dozens of lions and walk around them without being afraid. And the kids go, ooh, ah. And then he adds, of course, my mother will be with me. <laughs> Dealing with craziness, there's plenty of it for mothers. But there's another responsibility for mothers, and that is setting a positive e example Back to the Proverbs 31 passage, verse 10 to verse 31, describe this wife of noble character. Great picture of an amazing woman. But then verse 28 says, Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Verse 31, give her the reward she has earned, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. Why were they supposed to praise her? Why were, was God saying to honor such a woman? because of what she did, and because of her example and her actions. 
And the real key is in verse 30, where it says, Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. In other words, this woman deserved praise and honor because she had things right with God first, 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 before anything else in her life. She set an example in the most important area of life. She had a solid relationship with God. That's what matters most, and she knew it. Heard about a rally day program at a church in which all the little kids were supposed to memorize parts. All of them had like a single scripture they had to learn. And this one little girl's part was quoting Jesus when he said, I am the light of the world. So she and her mom practiced it at home all the time. I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. She could say it without fail over and over, all the way to the church building that, that night for the program in the car. I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. And then they get up for the program, and you know how that often happens. You get up front, you see all the faces and the parents and the grandparents, and she totally forgot everything she had learned. So her mother, sitting in the front row, is trying to mouth the words. She still couldn't get it, so finally the mother whispers really loud, I am the light of the world. And all of a sudden, the little girl, it clicks, and her face lights up, and she blurts out, my mother is the light of the world. (laughs) But you know what? She was not totally wrong. Mothers and fathers, in a sense, are to be the light for a child, showing them how to love, like Jesus, the light of the world. Example. Example. And that's part of the challenge of motherhood, being that example. But there's one final responsibility, and this this is pretty heavy, and that's answering to God. Answering to God as mothers and fathers. Let's never forget that God loans us our children for a while and we must someday account to God for them. Deborah Smoot wrote in Guideposts about a neighbor she had that she admired so much because in her eyes this other mother was just such a great mother and the kids all seemed well adjusted and, and to make the right decisions and have the right priorities. So one day, Deborah Smoot asked her about her parenting philosophy. And this was the other mother's response. Oh, Debbie. She goes, these are not really my children. They are God's. They're just on loan to me. Here visiting for a few years. It's a privilege to know them. I see each of them as an important house guest some influential person in embryo. You see, that mother understood that our children are not ours. We have them for a while, and someday we give them back to God and we answer for them. You know, Jesus told the parable of the talents in which three different men were given a sum of money. They were told to use it wisely. And in the parable, the master comes back and asks for an accounting of what they did with the money they had been given. Folks, someday the master is going to come back and look us parents in the eyes because he loaned us some kids to influence for him. He's going to ask us how we did. 
there's good news in our parenting, and that is that the master himself offers to help us each step of the way if we don't crowd him out. Now, some of you are sincerely panicked at this point. If you're looking at your outline and you see a dotted line there, he's only halfway done. And now you're going to have a heart attack. No. We're going to do this very, very quick. Motherhood matters, so it deserves honor. Let's very quickly talk about what that honor looks like. First of all, motherhood deserves to be honored, deserves honor from mothers. Moms, take motherhood seriously. Make it a priority. Remember what really matters over the long haul. Remember that time passes quickly. Remember that God promises to help. And take advantage of other resources, other women, other moms, books, articles, blogs, insights where you can improve your parenting. So honor motherhood, moms. Don't ever be ashamed of it. Honor it just like God honors it. But motherhood also deserves honor, not just from mothers, but from others. Romans 13, 7 says, we should give honor to whom honor is due. And Proverbs 31, 28 says, her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. In other words, mothers and motherhood deserve to be honored. Let me give you six very quick ways we do that. Number one, and this is when children are still at home, obedience. Obedience honors mothers and fathers. Colossians 3, verse 20 is very clear. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. That's repeated in Ephesians 6. Number two, children during childhood and as adults should show respect. That's part of honoring mother and father, is showing respect. Number three, help. <laughs> help them. Too often moms are expected, sometimes by the husband, the kids, everybody in the house, to do virtually everything. <laughs> Read about a little girl who was looking at her parents' wedding picture for the very first time, and she said, <laughs> to her mom's horror, Daddy, is that the day you got mom to come work for us? <laughs> Husbands and children, moms are not our personal servants. You got that? They're not our personal servants. Help also extends into later in life. 1 Timothy 5, verse 3 and 4 says this to adult children. It says, give proper recognition to those widows who are really in need. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, these should learn, first of all, catch this, first of all, to put their religion into practice by caring for their own family and so repaying their parents and grandparents, for this is pleasing to God. And folks, all you have to do is look in John chapter 19, when Jesus himself, hanging on the cross, practice that very thing by making sure his mother was taken care of by his friend John after he was gone. Number four, honor means understanding. Trying our best to understand the unique challenges and expectations of motherhood. Number five, encouragement. We encourage them. 
Today, this week, is the time when we can encourage a mother, even if it's not our own mother. Encourage a mother who's discouraged. And number six, gratitude. In other words, say it and show it. Mothers and motherhood deserve honor. You know, mothers can be so sacrificial. Let me close with this story from many years ago in the United Kingdom of a young mother, long before the days of cars, making her way across the snowy hills of South Wales. She was on her way home from visiting her family, and in her arms she was carrying her baby boy. And as they were traveling, a blinding blizzard overtook them. She kept fighting through the storm, but she never reached her destination. After the storm passed, her neighbors began to search for her. And along the road that this mother normally traveled, as they're looking, they found a mound of snow. And beneath that snow, they discovered the mother dead and naked. This mother had taken off all of her clothes and wrapped them around her baby. And when the neighbors unwrapped that little child, to their great surprise and joy, they found him alive and well. The bottom line is, she had mounded her body over his and given her life for her child, proving the depths of her mother love. You know, there's been some sacrificial mothers down through the ages. But there's someone who loves us more than any mother. And he sacrificed his life so that we could live. He was stripped naked. He was beaten. He went to a cross voluntarily because you and I couldn't pay for our sins. He knew it was the only way we could be saved. So I have this morning as we thank our mothers or the memory of our mothers that we will determine to thank not only them, but that we will thank the Savior who sacrificed everything for us. And I hope we can say what we, the statement at the bottom of your page on your outline. I will honor God and motherhood with my faithful, sacrificial life. So this morning as we have our decision time, let's think about not only how we can show proper honor to mothers and others who have sacrificed for us, but let's think about what it really means in our life. And it would be awesome this morning on this Mother's Day if there were even mothers who determined in your seats or maybe even up front that I'm going to start putting my relationship with God first and my kids' relationship with God first before anything else in life. Anything else. And that begins today. So let's respond with the heart and our life to what God has given us his best this morning. Thank you for listening to the Bethlehem Church of Christ podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and think others can benefit from it, we encourage you to share it on social media, subscribe to our podcast, or leave us a rating and review on the podcast platform you use. You can also connect with us online at Bethlehem. 505.org or find us on Facebook. 
Please join us next time as we each seek to understand God's word and follow his son, Jesus Christ.